The initiative that the Archbishop of Canterbury has introduced over the last few years, Thy Kingdom Come, has really taken off. And it has to be said, I was surprised that it took off. And it's always good to be wrong on something, isn't it? I was surprised that it took off because uh, he had titled it Thy Kingdom Come rather than Your Kingdom Come. And I thought, you know, in my you know, contemporary, cutting-edge, middle-aged sort of way, uh, that if he had titled it Thy Kingdom Come, it would have no traction at all and people wouldn't go for it. But the reality is this. People can make the translation between thy kingdom come and your kingdom come, and they kind of know what he means. And I think there's a lot of us that just take a deep breath and go, okay, so you also mean the other version as well, because actually I didn't grow up with thy kingdom come, I grew up with your kingdom come. But the more important bit is this, is that somehow he's managed to unite all sorts of different groups of people across different denominations praying and praying in a way that is outward focused rather than just inward focused which has got to be a good thing so over this next couple of weeks as we run into Pentecost we're just going to be focusing a little bit on prayer and I want to take just the first couple of verses of the Lord's Prayer today. Just verse 9 and verse 10. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, there was all sorts of models of patterns of prayer around. Mum, I remember mum praying... I'm sure Dad prayed as well uh, in the evenings, but I always remember Mum praying in the evening. And Mum would kind of tuck me in and pray for me as I went to sleep. I remember Dad praying around the dinner, around the, it was always around the breakfast table actually. We would read a bit of the Bible over breakfast and then Dad would pray. I don't remember anyone else praying. Maybe they did. I then remember as a kind of teenager thinking that my parents had got it completely wrong and they had no idea how to pray because I had read the book uh, by uh, the pastor in Seoul who runs this kind of cell church all about how you should pray and about prayer mountain and prayer cells and interceding through the night and so I remember stomping into my dad's study And telling him, I think I was probably about 14 or 15 at the time, how he should pray, because I had now read the book and this is how you're supposed to do it. He was so gracious with me. And and I think he probably just went, okay. (laughs) I think I probably deserved a clip round the ear, but... And then, in my later teens discovering, I don't want to freak anybody out, but discovering spiritual warfare and being the kind of, um, in my late teens, being the kind of person that would, would wander around and, and claim and sort of declare and all sorts, you know, all sorts, I mean, it, it, 
and I, and I believe that's really important. And then I went to college a little bit later on, and there was this session every Wednesday morning. I had to go to chapel, and then someone would give a talk for about 40 minutes, and then we had to go off for three hours. Three! For silent prayer and reflection. Silent prayer and reflection is where you pray, but where you don't do anything, or something like that. No, there's a lot more going on underneath. I, I hated it with a passion for three years. I hated it until I left college. And then I found I needed it. So the question that the disciples have is a really valid one. Jesus, how do we do this? How do we pray? They would have seen him going off onto a hillside. They would have seen him removing himself. They would have seen him taking time out to be with his father. And so their question comes, how should we pray? And he lays out for them this simple prayer. This prayer that's incredibly well known. That many people around the world will pray every week or every day. And it begins with our Father. You know, prayer is, prayer is not a solo activity. It's so good that the Lord's Prayer begins with our Father. Because we never pray alone. And there'll be seasons of life when you can't pray or don't want to pray or are going through too much to even send up a little arrow prayer. And the Lord's Prayer begins, Our Father. Because we pray together. It's a shared experience as we bring the needs of the world to our loving Heavenly Father. But it's also to our Father. Our Father... This is such a radical, we're so comfortable with praying it, our Father. But it's such a radical, close prayer. The Abba Father, that drawing near to a Father God who welcomes us into his presence. In a previous church, a friend of mine always used to refer not to Father God, but to Daddy God. You know, and there was a little bit of it that kind of jarred. Daddy God feels a bit too kind of intimate and twee. And I'm not suggesting that you do it, but actually there's more of the Daddy God in this prayer than there is sometimes of the way that we see the word Father. It was such a radical prayer. Praying together and coming before Father God, Daddy God, Abba, who welcomes us graciously into his presence. God who's not absent or disconnected. And the reason we can pray like this is because Jesus says, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He leads us into the Father's presence. Hallowed be your name. To declare that God's name is sacred. To declare that his name is holy and set apart. But more than that, it's not just saying your name is holy and set apart. It's coming before our Father God in heaven and saying your name is holy and set apart and we want to join in with who you are. Holy is your name. And I want to be in that place where I'm agreeing that your name is holy. I want to put myself in that frame, in that place. And then this phrase that the Archbishop has put out there, thy kingdom come or your kingdom come. We will at some point... Difficult to put a time on it, isn't it? But at some point in the next 20 years, we will have a king. Maybe that's too conservative a figure. 30 years, let's be safe. Who knows? Who knows how long the queen will... But we will have a king. And the king and the queen in our territory is, is not a thing that comes with with much power because the way that we have things structured is that you know they are figureheads they are there until they oppose things and parliament properly takes power off them but to say your kingdom come is to really say that we want God the Father to be king And king in the broadest, richest sense, where he is actually king of the kingdom. But to say that, to say that means that it starts not out there, but in here. Your kingdom come, thy kingdom come in my life. I don't know where, I don't know what kind of stream you grew up in, but I, I, I grew up in a stream where we were encouraged to, to find ways of explaining the gospel. To use verses and pictures to explain the gospel really quickly. And one of the ones that always sticks in my head is the one with two kingdoms. Where you draw a, anyone else kind of remember this one? You, you know, you draw a picture of the earth and it's got a crown over it. And then you draw a picture of you and it's got a crown over it. And actually you're choosing to be the king of your world. But God comes and we can choose instead for him to be, and there's a whole load of pictures in between with verses from Romans and all sorts. But essentially to pray your kingdom come. It's to say, I want you to be king of my life. Of my finances, of my relationships, of my health, of my thought life. <laughs> the whole 
lot. All the worries. All the good things. The joy. And the pain. But it's also your kingdom come in the world. We want his kingship, his rule and reign to be extended. His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so these simple these simple lines, this simple prayer of which I've only taken half the prayer today. They take us on an amazing journey where we're connected to every other Christian on the planet. Where we're included into the presence of our loving Heavenly Father. Where we're saying that we want to be part of His sacred, holy community. That we want Him to be King of our lives and of the world and we want His way of doing things to come on the earth for every place, every situation. You know, it's quite difficult to live as an insular Christian and to live this prayer. So as we come into uh, this season of awaiting Pentecost, and we don't have to wait for Pentecost, by the way, it's every Sunday, but, you know, we have a, a particular Sunday of the year when we mark it. Um, can I just remind you of a couple of things that you uh, have got in your notice sheet? Um, are they in here? Are they printed? Yes, they are. Thursday the 10th, there is this to event at Bath Abbey. Um, but also then, uh, in between the 10th and uh, the 20th on Pentecost Sunday, um, we're going to invite you... All Saints, to pray for the streets that you live in. And uh, we're working on a way of trying to record that. So it'll either be, uh, there'll probably be uh, two options for doing it. One will be an online option so that we kind of make the whole of Western glow with prayer on a map. And we'll probably have a map in here as well uh, where you can kind of put a dot on your street or something like that. But we'd love to pray for the streets that you live in. To pray for those, to cover Weston in prayer. And then we're having a, a gathered, a shared service here in the evening on the 20th, on Pentecost Sunday. So we hope that you'll join us for that. But whatever you do, we love you to be praying for thy kingdom come. Or your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So let me pray. Father, as with the disciples, we have so much to learn about prayer. And whether we're right at the start of that journey or whether we've been on that journey for decades, Lord, help us to go deeper. Not for our sake, but for your sake 
and for the sake of your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven.